0: Drivers! your yeah!
1: It's time for the fastest hour of radio Southern Race Week with your host, William Barber race fans welcome to this week's edition of southern race week right here on your great racing station i am often imitated never duplicated i'm the man the myth the legend i am wb aka william barber here in just a second we're going to catch up with jack beckman uh from the nhra drag racing series but we're also going to check in with chip wiley from daytona getting ready for the daytona 500 tyler reddick nascar driver stopping by to talk about the rookie of the year Cole Custer coming up on Southern Race Week. All right, so let's get this party started. Everybody knows that NASCAR is a great sport. But and everybody, if you've listened to the show for the last 15, 20 years, you know that I used to refer to NHRA drag racing, is racing for NASCAR fans with attention deficit disorder. It's my favorite sport in the world, and on the old Food Depot hotline right now is none other than the youngest running man hot on the track. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome J. Jack,
2: welcome to the
3: show. (laughs) How do I top that, man? And I don't want to bring the energy down. I don't want your fans to think I just woke up and didn't have my coffee. I'm just trying to kick this cold, and I'm what? two days away from crawling into a 335-mile-an-hour race car.
1: Brother, hey, we all – it's going around, man. It's going around. And I got to – you know, that brings up a good question, man, because, you know, when you had those those ear and the sinus infections and all this other stuff, dude, I, I mean, just standing on the side of the track at an NHRA drag racing, I feel like, okay, my, you, I feel yeah, like you, my heart's, get, yeah, I feel like yeah, my heart's coming it. out. So,
3: yeah. so, so it happens to me like twice a year, mm-hmm. and it's almost always – after i've had a cold mm-hmm. and i we make about 160 to 180 runs a year in that car and i could sleep in that thing they could lock me in the trailer overnight with my helmet and fire suit on and strapped in and it feels like home gotcha. except for those two runs a year and uh you get the helmet on you get strapped in there and you start getting that shortness of breath and it's just i, boy, I wish i could put my finger on it and they, they made a pill for it right. but what you don't want to do is stay in that car once i'm in for two minutes i can stay in for an hour but I always have in the back of my head. After you've gone through a head cold, it's like, okay, this is going to be interesting. Run number one, and and that's going to be, uh, oh my God, about about fifty hours from now, William
1: and at uh, at Auto Club Raceway. And this time, if I'm not mistaken, you're going back as the uh, the Wally winner from this track, and it's kind of your neck of the woods uh, where you live. Is that not right? Yeah, I don't know that there's been anybody that's flipped the switch on the
3: starting line at Pomona more than I. I was a full-time drag race instructor with the Frank Holly Drag Race School at Pomona and lived there on the starting line for 10 years. And so it's always been my home track, and it goes back further than that. I grew up in the San Fernando Valley, uh, about uh, 45 miles from Pomona. And I remember as a 10-year-old getting up Sunday morning, my brother and I would fold our newspapers, go do the newspaper route. My dad would take us to IHOP, and then we'd go straight out to Sunday eliminations at the Winter Nationals, and then later the, the World Finals. And, yeah, I was lucky enough with our Infinite Hero Dodge Charger. We left there in November with the Wally, and Pomona's great. There's only three tracks we have on tour that we get to visit twice a year, and I'm fortunate enough that our season's bookended virtually in my backyard.
1: Well, if you just joined us on this edition of Southern Race, we've got NHRA funny car driver, Jack Beckman, on the old Food Depot hotline here. We're going to be telling you how you can win some free tickets to the NHRA Drag Racing Series when it comes to Atlanta this year, plus a whole lot more a little bit later on. But, Jack, let me ask you, um, I hate to, uh, I don't want to call it poor salt on the wound, but it to me, it got to give you a, a great motivation. 2019. Yeah, you come in second in the championship points. How, going into 2020, is that going to prepare you to know that one little thing you got to just do differently?
3: Yeah, well, and, and, and I did. I mean, if you go back and look at it, you know, they, they rank baseball players by errors and football players by drop of passes. I made a couple mistakes in the countdown last year, and, and take any one of those back, and we got a one on the side of our car instead of a two. But, you know, the guy we were chasing all year, Robert Height, I think he'd probably tell you the same thing. He also made a couple mistakes. In fact, I I don't know that there's anybody in a nitro funny car that wouldn't admit to that. Um, And and with our countdown format, it's a 24-race season, so you've got 18 races where they're important because there's a trophy every race, but then they reset the points and you go into the last six races. So, really, those are the ones that count more. I'm not a fan of the countdown format. I just don't think our sport lends itself to that nascar can go out there and get a lap down mm-hmm. they don't yep. pull them off the track and tell them the race is over they literally can stay out there the entire rest of the event and earn points right in drag racing if you lose first round not only do you not get points for first round you don't get to go back up for second round third round or the final round right it's just our sport should be more of an absolute sport more like golf anyway but that's my two cents gotcha. my point is is you have to find a way to peak for the last six races. Now, that doesn't mean you should slump for the first 18. And, in fact, I don't know that you need any more incentive than that 12-pound golden wooden trophy that we call the Wally to go out there and give it everything you've got every single race. And, and for me, not that you need extra incentive, but to start the season at Pomona. And, literally, I get to sleep in my own bed. And I'll wake up each morning and drive out there. Um, that's a blessing, and it's a curse. It's cool because I'm home. It's cool because there's tons of friends there. It's, uh, it's not cool because I'm home, and it's not cool because i got tons of friends there. <laughs> exactly.
1: exactly. This has got to be great, though, motivating uh, for the team to to kickstart the year at a track that you have a great history with. And um, it's got to help a, with a boost of morale with those guys and gals.
3: We just went and tested in Las Vegas. And I'll tell you what the crew guys hate. They hate early shutoff runs. And I'll tell you what the crew chiefs hate. They hate test runs that go to the finish line because for the crew chief, the chance of damaging something, the chance of blowing a $70,000 body off the car, is always greater the further down track you go. But for the crew guys, when they get done doing everything that they do on the car and they have to be perfect and they have to do it quickly, the reward for them on a test day isn't any incentive money. It's not a trophy. The reward is to see a nice number crop up on the scoreboard. So when we go out there for our first qualifying session, What they want to see is a big number come up on the scoreboard. That's the small victory. Then the bigger victory is is the the, the battle would be to qualify well, and then the war happens on Sunday. You want to be the last man or or woman standing and holding that trophy. So they, they get a bonus in their paycheck if we do good. But I'm going to tell you, these guys don't do it for the money. If you look at the hours that they work, and the money that they make throughout the year, they'd be better off staying home and and working somewhere for minimum wage. They do it because they're hot rodders, and they do it because they love working with their hands and their heads.
1: Well, listen, I, Jack, I tell you, uh, we do appreciate And I tell you, I am thoroughly uh, a deep, enriched fan of NHRA drag racing. And I'm going to put this out there for you, okay? Uh, and you can ask Steve Torrance. You can ask Courtney Force. You can ask John Force. I don't care who you ask. If, they, if you ask them, have you ever done a show in Georgia called Southern Race Week? And they will sometimes remember I'm the crazy redneck kind of kid or whatever else, Uh, you know, does a loud entrance or whatever. Uh, Steve Torrance came on our show last year going into Atlanta as the champion from 2018. In 2019, going into Atlanta, he hadn't won a dang thing. And I told him, I said, well, you know that Southern Race Week is a lucky charm. He said, Man, if I win in Atlanta, I'm going to call you every week. Well, he just about did. Uh, so we're going to put that luck and charm on you, brother. And uh, we're going to make sure that we do everything we can to, to get you into victory lane as many times as possible and give the Funny Car Championship the full run. All the way through the year, including those final races, brother.
3: Well, William, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess you're not a real forgettable guy. And then secondly, (laughs) when we hang up, do give me your personal number so I can get you on speed dial.
1: Well, listen, if somebody wants to find out more about you, uh, do we have a social platform that you prefer? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. My website's GoFastJack.com, and there's some cool stuff there. I'm not trying to plug anything. You know, if the fans want to see me and meet me, come out to an NHRA race. I'm telling you, if you've been there, I don't need to sell you on it. If you haven't... Try it once. I think you'll be committed
1: for life. Hi, this is Winston Kelly, the executive director of the NASCAR Hall of Fame and pit reporter for the Motor Racing Network, and you're listening to Southern Race Week.
0: All right, welcome back to this week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Alfie. Thank you so much for tuning in to this brand-new episode of Southern Race Week Radio. We're just uh, about a week away from getting the season started. Man, it's hard to believe that we're just around the corner From the kickoff of the 2020 NASCAR season at Daytona International Speedway for the Great American Race of Daytona 500. And we have a special guest on the Food Depot hotline. So let's welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, the main man in charge over at Daytona International Speedway. Graduates from the University of Georgia. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Chip How's it go? How's it going, uh, Mr. Wild? Thank you so much for taking time out of uh, an extremely busy uh, schedule here to join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Things are going to be kicking off here in uh, just a matter of days. I know you're fired up and excited to welcome the NASCAR community and world to the uh, Daytona International Speedway for the kickoff of the 2020 season. I'm sure you guys are fired up and ready to go to welcome in all these great fans from all around the world.
4: The green flag on Speed Speedweeks presented by Advent Health and Go through next Sunday when it all comes together and culminates with the great American race, the Daytona 500.
0: Yeah, the Speed Weeks, uh, so excited for that Sunday. You got qualifying for the front row. You got the Clash, the Duels, and then, of course, the Trucks, Xfinity, Arca, and then the Green Flag on the Daytona 500. So uh, getting prepared for such a huge an event, uh, you, you, you're a crazy busy man during this time. So, tell me about all the work that goes into putting together such a, an amazing, extravagant event like the Daytona Five Hundred.
4: I mean, it takes it takes uh, 365 days worth of planning and commitment from our team. I mean, it's uh, as soon as the last year's Daytona 500 is over, we start thinking about the next year's event. And it really does take a full calendar year in order for us to put on an event of this magnitude and make sure that we're providing our guests and our competitors and our broadcast partners uh, the experience they've come to expect when they come to Daytona International Speedway. And we're really excited, man. You know, this is what we work for. Everybody asks, are you nervous? Are you this? No. I mean, this is where we all get to shine. I have such an incredible team uh, of men and women here who are so dedicated to their their craft, and uh, this week is where they get to show their talents to the world.
0: Where was your love of motorsports and NASCAR? Where did it start? Where did it uh, where that fly, Where did that fire kind of blew up for you?
4: Well, like I I actually never went to a race. I went to one race when I was 16 years old, uh, when it was the last race of the of the year down in Atlanta. Um, but really, where I fell in love with the sport was before my senior year of college. I had an opportunity to be an intern for a sports marketing company that specialized in NASCAR in Winston Salem, North Carolina. A company uh, called Keystone Marketing, and Roger Bear owned that company, longtime executive in the sport of NASCAR, really introduced me to the sport. And what I what I love the most about the sport, even to this day, I love is the community. Uh, you know how the uh, the racing community is a very tight knit, very small group of people, and it's amazing to watch how this group rallies around each other and. Uh, I think we're seeing the fruits of that now with you know uh, NASCAR uh, making a bold move, the France family, by buying International Speedway Corporation, the company that owns Daytona International Speedway, and bringing all of those tracks underneath a NASCAR umbrella. Uh, just speaks to the commitment that the France family's made in our sport, uh, and I think you're going to see some really, really great things out of our company moving forward.
0: Speaking with a Chip Wild, the uh, president of Daytona International Speedway, and that's awesome that you, you started as an intern kind of – uh, growing that love for the sport during that, and now you have a pretty cool job. You're the main man in charge of one of the most famous tracks in the world, the Daytona international Speedway. Do you ever wake up and think, "Man, I can't believe I'm doing this and did you ever think when you started as an intern that you would end up being the the head of of daytona yeah
4: it it's truly been the honor of my life to be uh to be a part of this incredible facility and you think about the what the vision of Bill France senior in 1948 uh, when he when he when he when he actually started NASCAR proper and then moving forward uh, to the late 50s when he when he took a, another bold move and and built a super speedway uh, in Daytona Beach and the rest is history and to be a part of a team that gets to continue to build this legacy is something that i I don't take for granted that i'm very proud of and along with all of my teammates here at the speedway uh we just you know to to have the opportunity to work at such an iconic facility and to put on events uh that people around the world tune in to watch is something that we're all really proud of and uh so you know growing up as a little boy i wasn't exposed to motorsports, um but but certainly um you know i knew when i when i walked into a race for the first time that this is what i wanted to do and i've been so lucky to have incredible people along the way that have uh, allowed me to grow and have taught me and really mentored me and they didn't have to do that but they took the time to uh to make sure that uh that i that i knew everything i i could knew and or know and and the lessons that they taught me are something i think about every day and uh, you know we we still have a lot to do. You know there's a there's a lot left to do. We got to continue to grow this sport. Uh, we got to introduce it to a younger uh, demographic and making sure they understand uh, what a great experience it is to be a part of NASCAR and and to come to our events and 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 enjoy them. And and so uh, there's a lot left to do. I'm excited about our future. I'm excited about the leadership group that we have in place. Steve Phelps is a fantastic president for NASCAR. He's doing incredible things. Uh, and the rest of our executive management team that's going to lead this sport to, uh, to the next generation. I'm I'm really excited about all of them.
0: Now, speaking of bold moves, uh, you are moving your second uh, date for Daytona. Normally, that is the big 4th of July weekend. You guys host a Daytona uh, race out there. But uh, this year, as you said, kind of shaking things up a little bit and doing things different. Not only will Daytona be the first race of the regular season, the Daytona 500, but also you'll be the final race of the regular season as your date will now move to August 29th for the uh, Coke Zero Sugar 400. So not only will you have the start of the season, but I think the end of the regular season being at Daytona is really exciting because obviously the, the racing is so exciting to kick off the season. I think there's no better way to end the regular season to have some exciting racing for those guys who are battling for maybe those final couple of spots to advance into the playoffs.
4: Yeah, I mean, to to start and finish a regular season at Daytona makes a heck of a lot of sense. Uh, and I think you, the storylines that are going to come out of, of the summer as we get closer and closer to the Coke Zero Sugar 400 weekend here at the Daytona International Speedway are really going to get fans even more excited. You know, the, the racing at Daytona is so unpredictable, and mm-hmm. truly any driver can win on any given day at the super speedway. Uh, and so you, you roll into the last race of the regular season uh, with kind of three segments of drivers. You have drivers that have locked themselves into the playoff. They've either won a race or have enough points. You, then you have that, that group of drivers, three, four five, six that are on the bubble and they know they can't make a mistake or get caught up in a wreck. So how are they going to race the Coke Series Sugar 400. How are they going to position themselves to not get into trouble uh, in order to uh, to punch their ticket to the playoff? And then you've got 20 drivers, 20 plus drivers, that the only way they're going to make the playoff is by taking a huge chance and winning the race and getting the Gatorade Victory Lane. So how are they going to race? So you'll have three different agendas <laughs> all converging onto one racetrack uh, to see you know who who gets to. Who gets to set the field and race for the, the 2020 NASCAR Cup Series championship? I think it literally sets the stage for a walk-off home run moment, uh, things that we will be talking about for years to come. Because that's if you're a fan of sports, you want that. You want to see a heroic moment uh, as part of a, an event. And I think certainly we're setting the stage for that when they come down here in July, or excuse me, in August for the Coke Zero Sugar 400.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. It sounds like a a seventh game of a a playoff series, you know what I mean? You're down to that last at-bat, you're desperate, and sometimes uh, when you're desperate, you'll do desperate things, and uh, at a track like Daytona, it'll be really exciting to see how some of those strategies will work out. Um, the 500 is coming up here in a week. You'll have the 400 coming up, obviously, as you said, in August. If our local audience here in Atlanta, which is not that far of a drive to get to Daytona, hop on a plane as well from the Atlanta airport or anywhere along our far-flung network along the southeast, uh, if they want to go to the race and get those last-minute tickets, because guaranteed, the 500 will sell out as well as the 400 where can our listeners go to purchase those tickets and get that information they need?
4: Daytona500.com is your source for all things Daytona 500.
0: And also you can follow the track on social media as well. So uh, if our listeners want to follow the track and get information on social media, where can they go to, to get all that info as well?
4: Yep. DIS updates is uh, the official handle for Daytona international speedway. Uh, great, great way to not make sure you don't miss any action. We do a lot of really cool things around our event weekends, the behind the scenes access
0: well, uh, Mr. Wilde, thank you so much for taking time out of your uh, obviously busy schedule to uh, join us this week on Southern Race Week Radio. Good luck with you uh, during the season and look forward to hopefully talking to you down the road, especially when we get closer to uh, August. Thank you so much,
2: sir. Thank you. Have a good day. Hey, this is Jamie
0: McMurray, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. And we're back. Southern Race Week along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's Southie continuing the countdown to the running of the Great American Race at the Daytona 500. Coming up here shortly on Fox Television and one of the many drivers who will be partaking in this year's uh, annual big event at Daytona International Speedway as we head on over to the Food Depot hotline and welcome in our guest, the rookie driver of the number 8 Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 for Richard Childress Racing. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome in Mr. Tyler!
5: i've never had a more energetic introduction than that i i feel like i've really got to step up to the plate here and give a good interview
0: well mr reddick you're big time now you are a rookie driver in the Cup series two-time back-to-back xfinity champion so when we have a big time big deal guest on this very radio program we like to introduce them in big time style fashion and uh, thank you so much mr reddick for taking time out of an extremely busy schedule to join us this week on Southern Street Radio, hopefully you're having a, a great day today.
5: Yeah, it's been a great day. I mean, you just you just made my day. <laughs> uh, you know, probably one of my favorite days of the week, and right. I, I get to go on track this week.
0: You are a busy man during the season. You get very limited time to relax, unwind. So uh, during the off season, what did you do to kind of preoccupy your time and keep yourself busy during these uh, few months?
5: Well, as, as you can imagine, with NASCAR racing, is is every single lap matters on the racetrack every single minute that that we have in the off season is is very important too. So, I mean, yeah, I welcomed in my son um, earlier this month or this past month, excuse me, in January, uh, you know, got to experience Christmas, Thanksgiving, and we stayed very, very busy for about a month um, after the end of of the Xfinity series uh, playoffs and season. So time's just flown by and I've just watched the minutes just escape me. So it's been been a very quick turnaround in the off season. It's funny they even call it. Call it an off season, but uh, you know, here we are. We're back in February, and uh, we're rolling into Daytona this this week. Uh,
0: I know you're very excited for this, and reading your uh, bio here, I love kind of seeing a little bit about the the man. Obviously, we know you're a damn good driver, but sometimes we we forget about who you are as a man. I love here that one of your hobbies is gaming. Now that you have a, a a great now you know since you had an off season and weren't racing every week did you have some time to to catch up with some of your gaming skills and, and 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 since you are a gamer which game do you particularly enjoy uh playing the most
5: Well right now if I if I can find time to 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 game at all in this <laughs> in the past uh weeks after having my son oh gosh you know two and a half weeks ago now I mean oh. I've had no time for anything besides <laughs> you know maybe 2 hours of sleep at night but uh, you know, when I was a little bit younger, and, and, well, when I say a little bit younger, before I was a dad here, not too recently, or fairly recently, I I had a little bit of time to play some Call of Duty, and honestly, that was about it. I, I really didn't give myself a whole lot of time, but when I would play, you know, I just felt like getting on there and playing with a couple friends, and used to play on off weekends and off days, you know, five, six hours a day, and really get get zoned in, but now I've, I'm lucky to get, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, so, yeah, just the time flies away, and, I mean, we're getting ready to go to Daytona here, so... You know, I just haven't even thought about anything like that here recently. So being being a dad is uh, is very important, and it takes up a lot of time, and, all and you know, you forget about some of these other hobbies.
0: Now, congratulations on the birth of, the, of your child. That's amazing. Now, people say that the birth of a kid, whether it's a daughter or a son, changes maybe your mentality of uh, maybe the way you race, maybe the things you do on, on a day-to-day life because it's not about you anymore. Since the birth of your son a couple of weeks ago, have you, as your mindset, changed a little bit about, the style of racing you do or, or or has it not affected you at all
5: no nah, it just cranks up to eleven i've got i've got to go out there and cure him a college fund i gotta <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, put food on a table for our family i mean you know formula ain't cheap diapers ain't cheap yeah. um they grow quick so you got to keep buying them clothes as they go on and and grow in their life so um yeah i mean i'd say life uh, has changed quite a bit it just makes me it's just one more one more reason to go out and and do things I probably should on the racetrack but <laughs> But you know, I'm motivated not just for myself and my personal goals, but to to be successful in racing for him, to be successful in racing for for this team, for our partners on board our race car. Uh, I just want to go out and do a good job for everybody. Um, but you know, most importantly, you know, be successful enough in racing to where. My son can one day go out and do whatever it is that he wants to do. Hopefully, not racing because we know how expensive it can be. But um, if I do good enough, maybe I can help him with some racing in the future.
0: Uh, We're talking to the driver, number eight, Chevrolet Camaro ZL1 for Richard Childress Racing, uh, Tyler Reddick, the rookie driver. Now, a very impressive Ah. rookie class uh, this year for you. Uh, How fun is it for you to kind of compete with some of the guys you competed in the Xfinity Series? Uh, Do you guys have a little uh, friendly competition as far as the Rookie of the Year award?
5: I think we will. I, I also can see us uh, motivating each other to to pr- progress and adjust through this learning curve that we will have stepping into these cup cars, racing against uh, these other very talented drivers. I think the three of us moving and making this step together is going to motivate us to to just pick 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 it up quicker than I think we would if we make this jump uh, kind of one by one spread across three years. So it's going to be great for us. I mean, we're all getting in very good cars uh, with good teams and we're all kind of, you know, it's just funny. I mean, we're, it's the, the – the stage is kind of set perfectly. I mean, we're each racing for a different manufacturer and different teams. So, they, the, you know, the, the situations and, and the people around us couldn't be any different. But I think that's just going to rally us to to go out there and do the best that we can really early on, uh, you know, because we all want to beat each other. It, it's been the, the name of the game, especially more so in the in the recent year in the Xfinity Series. But I, I can see us three, you know, I wouldn't say we're necessarily going to work together to go to out and run really well. Um, but we know each other and we've raced against each other a lot more than a lot of these cup drivers that we have. Even on these super speedways, I could see us working together before we pick some of these other competitors we have. So uh, It's going to be interesting for sure. I know it's going to be a heck of a battle. I expect the other two to to get wins this year, and with that being said, that's going to make me motivate me even even more to try and break through and get a win for myself as well.
0: Now, uh, Tyler, if our listeners want to follow you on social media, keep up with what's going on with you and your career, uh, where can they go to follow you on uh, social media?
5: Well, in today's day and age, it's pretty easy. I mean, you just type in Tyler Reddick. Just make sure you spell it correctly, T-Y-L-E-R-R-E-D-D-I-C-K. And you should be able to find me on um, the majority of the social media platforms. I have to apologize to the younger crowd. I'm not um, <laughs> on TikTok. Oh, but come on. Pretty much anything else. You can find
0: me. So, <laughs> Well, uh, Mr. Reddick, thank you so much for taking time on an extremely busy schedule. You, uh, you got so much going on right now. And uh, as such a young uh, competitor, uh, I'm just excited for you. have been watching your career in the Xfinity Series. So I'm so excited for what the noise you can make uh, in the Cubs Series. So good luck to you in the 2020 campaign. Hopefully you do get the hoist that uh, Rookie of the Year honors. And uh, good luck in Daytona and uh, the rest of the 2020 season. Hopefully we uh, catch back down with you uh, down the road and uh, catch up with what's going on with you.
2: Yep. NASCAR is back. Woo, yeah,
0: <laughs> All right, Mr. Reddick, thanks to you, sir, and uh, hopefully we can run into each other down at Atlanta Motor Speedway.
2: All right, sounds good. Take All care. All right, buddy,
0: take care. All right, that is uh, Tyler Reddick. I'm Caitlin Vinci from Fox
5: Sports 1, and you're listening to Southern Race Week. All
0: right, and we're back. Southern Race Week Radio along the far-flung Southern Race Week Radio Network. It's uh, Alfie. Appreciate you tuning in to this brand-new week's edition of Southern Race Week Radio. Let's head on over to the Food Depot hotline right now and welcome in the rookie driver of the number 41 Ford Mustang for Stuart Haas Racing, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Co.
2: I don't think I've ever had an intro like
0: that before. (laughs) Well, hey, you know what? You're a big deal now, sir. You are now in the NASCAR Cup Series. So when you are a big deal guest, you get a big deal introduction. And uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to join us this week on Summer Race Week Radio. uh, Hopefully you're having a great day today. And uh, man, just excited for you, my friend. I I just told you before we went on the air here that I'm a big fan of yours. I've been following your career in the Xfinity Series. You've been uh, proving yourself big time there. And now you got the phone call from Stuart Haas Racing. The number 41 car was available, and there you are, my friend. You are now a rookie driver in the Cup Series. How does that feel for you to know that now you can say, I'm Cole Custer, a driver in the NASCAR Cup Series?
2: It's pretty unbelievable. I mean, to be surrounded with a great team like Stuart Haas Racing and a great sponsor like Haas Automation, I think, you know, we just have everything that we need. It's just a matter of putting it all together right and uh, getting me up to speed as fast as we can. Uh, but it's definitely pretty surreal. You know, I've been watching, you know, races since I was a little kid. So to be a part of it's pretty crazy.
0: For any athlete, the ultimate goal is to reach that top series, whether you're a football player, baseball, soccer, and obviously with you, are a race car driver. You've gone to the top of your career at such a young age, uh, which is really awesome as well. You're young and getting in this career. But where was the love of driving for you born?
2: Well, you know, I grew up in Southern California. My dad has always kind of worked in NASCAR, so he kind of got me into it when I was like four or five years old, and um, from there I just kind of worked my way up. But uh, it's definitely cool to have those kind of Southern California roots.
0: First of all, when was the first time you remember your first race? Do you remember that?
2: I I was probably four or five years old, so (laughs) I don't know if I can even – I can't remember much of that, honestly.
0: Is it overwhelming for you? Have you had the chance to kind of – compress it and understand the the magnitude of of what you're going to be experiencing here for the rest of your career
2: yeah i mean you get to sit back for a second and think about it and it's just it's pretty surreal i mean like i said i've been i've been watching races and been a fan since i was a little kid and i've been around the racetrack a decent amount and it's just to be a part of it i just it's pretty crazy i mean just i've i never thought i'd get there so i think it's going to be pretty surreal when you walk to your car at the first race in daytona and but at the same time, you kind of got to put it to the side and you know get your work done.
0: Speaking with rookie driver Cole Custer, and let me ask you something, Cole. This is always a conversation I've had with a lot of friends who are NASCAR fans about drivers in the Cup Series who also drive in the Xfinity and the Truck Series. Personally, myself, I, I'm not a fan of Cup drivers driving the lower tier levels. I don't know. That's just me. I got friends who think it's a great thing as well, but obviously for you, it's a different situation because now you're going to be driving with some of those drivers that you have raced in the Xfinity and truck series. So for you personally, is it beneficial for you as an Xfinity driver to maybe have some of those cup drivers come down to those lower tier series and race with you guys? Is that helpful for you?
2: Yeah, I think it's extremely helpful. I mean, I think it's good that they kind of limit it now where you can, I think the cup guys can only run like five races. So that way, I mean, I think usually the expending the guys by themselves put on some better racing. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you don't race against those guys, you don't know where the bar is and you don't know um, what you need to get better at. So I think it's definitely, it's, it's huge to have those guys to race against.
0: Is it also, is it also helpful in the fact that some of these guys have already raced with you so it's not you have to go out there and prove yourself to them, although I, I feel like you've already proven yourself with your career in the Xfinity series, but is it easier for you to kind of adjust since you've you know you've already talked to or raced with some of these guys?
2: Um a little bit for sure. I mean you've been around them a little bit, some of them who have raced in the Xfinity series and the truck series. So you kind of already have a little bit of a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a good thing for sure. Because um, in NASCAR time it's just the level. Mm-hmm.
0: But in NASCAR, that is very important to be able to be able to trust each other. So for them to be able to trust you on the track, that's a huge that's a huge positive for you.
2: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm sure there's still some other guys that are going to be getting used to me that I haven't raced against a ton. Um, but I think it is it is good to have that relationship.
0: Now, looking at your bio here, one of the things that is one of your hobbies that is listed is watching sports which is very broad. So obviously you're a huge uh, sports fan and I'm always fascinated by people in other sports um, enjoying, you know, other sports because we, we failed to realize that even though you're a NASCAR driver, it's not like you just love NASCAR. I'm sure there's other sports that you enjoy watching, but let me ask you something. If there is one big time sporting event outside of anything in the NASCAR world, if there was one big sporting event that you would love to go to and attend as a sports fan, what would that event be?
2: And I I think you got to go with the Super Bowl, honestly. I mean, that's kind of the biggest one of them all. And I'm a fairly big football fan with the Carolina Panthers. So I think I would definitely go to the Super Bowl. I think that would be the biggest one for me.
0: Now, obviously, the Panthers, you guys had a rough season this year. Cam Newton was, uh, you know, not able to uh, play in as many games as you you would like to. So if you're, uh, you know, you're the general manager, you're the coach, you're the guy in charge of the Panthers. uh, What do you think they need to do uh, this next season to improve on uh, how they were this past season
2: well i'm happy. i'm happy that i don't run the place because it was not a good year and i have no idea how to make it better. but it was uh i mean there's just i don't know quarterback situation you know we obviously have a, a weird dynamic there and the offensive line maybe maybe I don't, I don't know i mean i'm not the one making the decision so i'm happy about that
0: <laughs> so obviously the panthers are your your team how about in college and in, in the nba uh, major league baseball What what are some of your favorite sports teams you like to cheer for
2: uh, for me, I, I like the Dodgers. Um, mm-hmm. I'm from Southern California, so that's uh, who I try and follow in the baseball area. Yeah, I'm a Giants um, fan. Honestly, oh, oh man, we have, we have something bad there.
0: <laughs> hey, but uh, hey, I support all the California baseball teams. I love the Dodgers. I mean, I grew up in Long Beach, so, and also the All-Star Game is going to be in L.A. this year, so are you going to try to get to the All-Star Game this year?
2: I didn't know that, but yeah. I'll have to try. I mean, uh, if we're going to be, we travel all year around but yeah, that's true. hopefully I have some time to go out there and see it.
0: Well, the All-Star game is usually in the middle of the week, like on a Tuesday or Wednesday. So you might be able to uh, enjoy that down there at the beautiful Dodger Stadium on uh, Chavez Ravine. So uh, have you had the opportunity to go to many Dodger games?
2: When I was younger and in California, I did for sure. I used to get the Dodger dog every single time and <laughs> go watch some baseball. But it was uh, those were fun times for sure.
0: Well, Mr. Custer, we really appreciate the opportunity to get to know you a little bit more and get ready for the season for you. I'm sure you're fired up ready to go. Uh, If our uh, listeners want to follow you on social media, keep up with what's going on with you and your uh, NASCAR career as you get set to start here in the Cup Series. Uh, Where can they go to follow you on uh, social media?
2: Yeah, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. So I think if you just look my name up, I'm sure you'll find me.
0: All right, Cole Custer, we appreciate you joining this week on Sunday Race Week Radio. Good luck to you in the uh, 2020 season, and hopefully we uh, talk to you down the road soon.
2: Thank you. I appreciate it.